Welcome to the Snowboarding Podcast, All I Really Need to Know I Learned from Snowboarding. I'm Chris Rogers. And I'm Nick Alfieri. This is the podcast where myself and Chris talk about all the life lessons we've learned from snowboarding, not just the good ones, but some of the struggles we've had along the way. So please stay tuned for this week's episode. Welcome back. It's been three weeks, three and a half weeks. I don't even know how long since our last podcast. Yeah, it's been a minute since our last podcast. It has been. We've been pretty busy. Um, We've been at team training. We've been at fall conference. Uh, we've been at Rocky Mountain Ed Staff training. Is there anything else we have in there? I feel like it's gone been such a blur. Yeah, every fall we kind of go through this little gauntlet here. We have the the snowboard team gets together for a few days before the full national team training, and then we go from that into national team training and then fall conference. What what is fall conference, Nick? Fall conference. I always have a really hard time explaining what fall conference is. You know, I actually didn't know what fall conference was until I think after I had become a trainer. Maybe, maybe even I was a trainer for a couple of years, but I didn't even know what it was. But essentially, fall conference is where the leaders from each division get together uh, once a year to help go over national standards, possible changes in national standards. And it's basically a brainstorming work session for four or so days to help decide the things that are going to happen. And the effects of fall conference aren't usually felt or seen or heard until two, three, sometimes even four or five years later. Yeah, most of you are probably familiar with the national standards we've been working from since 2009. And that's a, a child of the fall conference project. And this goes back, there were examiner exchanges years back in examiner conferences. But the whole idea is that the national organization organizes discipline leaders from each division. So there's a snowboarder, and an Alpine, and a kid's ed staff, and a freestyle ed staff from every division in the country at a conference to talk about those standards. And those standards were developed in 2008 and published in 2009, and that's what we've been working from for the last decade. And now there's been a project over the last five or six years on Fall Conference that is kind of the evolution of that project and is designed to really bring those standards to life in a new way. Yeah, and it's it's been been interesting like you said bring standards to to life in a new way we're working with penn state to try to create an actual college program a degree in snow sports education which which will be cool i think it's very exciting we're also using as a way as a way to unify and bring all the divisions together so we had fall conference we had team training we had uh rocky mountain ed staff training uh, the last the last couple days, and now we finally have some time off, and this is really the first time we've gotten a chance to put our heads above water and breathe and record a podcast episode. Yeah, it's hard to believe it's been three weeks, and also we very intentionally took those that time off so that we could focus on where we were and not be thinking about how do we sum it up, and, and now looking back on the last three and a half weeks or so of, of all of those events, and, and you know, for us, it flows very quickly from one to the other. And a lot of the leaders that are at fall conference from other divisions are now going back to present those to their division. Okay, so this episode we're going to talk about our top three takeaways from the last few weeks and one personal development takeaway, maybe either something that we, we heard from someone else or uh, in, in reflection we thought about some some sort of personal development takeaway for each of us. So I've got I've got my list. Chris has his list, and we're gonna work backwards from uh, three to one being the best takeaway, right? Yeah. Do you want to jump in first and give your third top 
third, third takeaway, whatever it might be? My third takeaway is the snowboard fundamentals. So ah. this has been ongoing work for five years now of, yep. of starting to look at our board performances and body movements and, and coming up with those fundamental statements that describe the relationship between the body and the board. And uh, this summer, the Snowboard Task Force officially adopted those six fundamentals as part of the, the learning connection model. And this task force, this fall conference was really focused on where does that go next? And then going from that into our Rocky Mountain fall training and getting to clinic some of our region's ed staff on those six fundamentals and, and seeing how that's really going to be a benefit to our membership and to the, the organization. What do you think? You said you think it's going to be a benefit for the membership organization. What do you see as some of the top takeaways of it? Yeah, so we've always had our body movements, flex extension and rotation, and our board performances, tilt, twist, pivot, and pressure. And we've talked about the relationship between those. You use flex and extension to create board performance or you use rotation to create board performance. The six fundamentals really create a framework for how a new member, uh, especially in that kind of new member to level one zone, can see the, the, the interrelation of those board performances and body movements in it. It creates a little bit more alignment between snowboard and alpine and how we talk about body movements, board performances, outcomes, uh, and especially when you talk about training and developing instructors, it creates a really efficient way to give feedback about board performances because you do it through those body movements. And, you know, and it's been a process to define those through the snowboard task force and with involvement from all, all of the divisions. And um, it's challenged us to, to work across divisions, to work across disciplines and, and create something that's usable. And it was actually really cool today in the kids ed staff training one of our fellow examiners here in Rocky Mountain was working with a group of skiers and snowboarders and really got into some feedback using the fundamentals. And he told us he went from a week ago saying, why are these guys making us learn something new to today being like, wow, this is really useful. I'm going to be something that, that I can use. It's kind of crazy because I remember when we introduced the fundamentals to the Rocky Mountain division maybe three years ago before they were anything really official nationally or anything like that. And it's been a long road to get acceptance or buy-in or anything like that. And being at ed staff training this last year was cool, like you said, to present that to our ed staff and help clinic them. And we got good results, which, which was cool. And I, I, along with you, do believe that these have some value. And, and to your point about stuff that comes out of fall conference, this is a couple of years out from being part of the assessment, but we are going to start seeing instructors come through with some of the information about the fundamentals. And, and you know, it, it, it will start trickling out there. It creates good relationships between the body movements and the board performances. Yeah. It's nothing new. There's not like a new body movement or a new it's board published. performance. Yeah. It's, it's already published in the snow sports teaching handbook or yep. snow sports teaching manual. Um, the, yeah, so I mean, it's out there, it exists, yeah. and you're just going to see it more and more, aren't you? Yeah, it's good. it was good to get some use of it. Mm -hmm. So what about you? What's your third top takeaway? Okay, it's it's really funny. We always end up doing this, Chris. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, my, my third top takeaway is the importance of skills versus tasks. And when I said that, um, I thought about the fundamentals. I'm a huge believer in training for skills rather than tasks. Train the ability to move your center mass from tip to tail instead of just training for a task of carving. 
like or or to move inclination angulation like train those skills and that to me is a lot of what the fundamentals do so i'm really excited about that and thinking about how that aligns with the training i do thinking about how it aligns with the training that I want to do for uh, the resort I work at at home and how I want to get instructors to think about snowboarding. That's really exciting. So it was, it was a good, um, it was a good reaffirmation <laughs> of the things I've been doing. And I feel like we're really headed in a very good direction. I can a hundred percent agree with that. And I think we in Rocky have over the years been viewed as very task centric and, oh, yeah, and our candidates do train to tasks. We publish that task list, but the intent has never been to be about the tasks. It's always been about the skill. And I think what we're doing on a national level does uh, start to move the needle back towards that skill realm. It puts the focus back on the skill realm for sure. Yeah, I agree. I think it's good. The pendulum always swings back and forth. I think I think the pendulum swing for me back to an area where I feel comfortable with. How do you think that's going to roll out on a national level in terms of actual exams? Where do you see that going? I see it more than anything affecting teaching. That's in a lot of people. We, we tend to think about this in a technical area. It's like, oh, well, this is just technical and blah, 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 blah. But I think we're going to see the biggest changes overall happening on divisional levels in the teaching area and asking people to teach towards possibly teach towards fundamentals diagnose in the realm of fundamentals i think it's going to have a huge impact there cool what about you what about you yeah no i would i would agree i think that's you know we've traditionally led those teaches in at least in the rocky mountain region around some very specific tasks and introing those tasks to our students and i think I mean, just to what you just said, if, if we swap those out for the fundamentals, that would drastically change our level two teaches. Yep. I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to jump in here with my number two then. All right. Which is my number two takeaway from the last three weeks is the importance of routines for performance. Ooh. Yeah. So, so we, as you know, we were really fortunate. We got to hang out with a guy named Jim Taylor, who was a sports psychologist, works on the Olympic level and has worked with a lot of athletes who have done well, athletes who have not done well, and it's all about getting performance out of athletes, out of people. And one of the biggest takeaways from him that I got was the importance of routine, whether it's a visualization routine, uh, even doing the same things physically that you do before you're about to drop in to do something. And for me, it, it wasn't so much physical as much as it is you know, man, I, I get nervous before I go lead a clinic sometimes in front of a group of people and making sure that I have a routine that I follow where I can back up the knowledge I have or, or feel confident in the knowledge I have going into that situation was super important for me. And he took us through all kinds of visualization stuff, took us through all kinds of trying to find out what level of excitement we perform best at. Some people perform best when they're really excited. Some people perform best when they're calm. And whatever that is for you, it doesn't matter. As long as you're creating a routine for yourself every day to come back to, it sets your body up in a, in a position ready to perform. 
I really liked Jim Taylor's session with us, and I, I took a ton of notes from from that time period. And I would agree that that was a that was a big takeaway. So much of our national team training has been focused on developing new content, developing clinics, building presentations for inner ski, and and it was really cool to take a couple of days of our team training to really focus on on ourselves. And I think I think everyone mm-hmm. on our team took something away from that session around building routine and and visualization and imagery and performance cues. Before you jumped into Jim Taylor, when you just said your top takeaway was the importance of routines, I went to how non-routine a lot of our time is when we're on the road. Yeah. And whether it's an on-snow routine or a daily life routine, yeah. especially, you know, like when you go to an exam, you're immediately out of your routine because most people don't make a habit out of exams. So you talk about the importance of, it, of routine and that definitely plays into exam nerves and why sometimes we perform differently under pressure in an exam. Just from you're sleeping in a bed that's not your bed, you're going out for extra drinks at night with your friends and you're you know, not doing your normal things that you do to calibrate and then your performance maybe isn't the way you want it to be on snow. Yeah, and you're gonna, you're gonna have things that you can't control. You're gonna have to travel, you're gonna have to go do things, but controlling what you can yeah. was, was the big takeaway. Hey, you know what, you might only have 60 seconds before you have to lead this group or perform this task or do whatever it is, create something that you do that is the same every time so that you know you're going to perform. And that that was the cool thing for me was it's okay if it's not sleeping in the same bed. It's okay if it's not this. And you can be in these really fluid environments, changing, chopping, all these different things all the time. But if you can take this small little blip of time that's going to be huge. Just make sure you have this one thing that you're going to do that'll help set you up to be in the right mindset. Whether that's like, you know, he talked about our physical cues, where we feel tension in our bodies, what we're thinking, what we're visualizing, if we are visualizing, if we're not, just those things help so much. That's awesome, Nick. And what you just said connected the dots in my mind to the phrase, get comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah. I've never thought of that as a routine piece, but that's absolutely what that's talking about is build a routine out of being uncomfortable when you know you're going to be in a situation where you have to be uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Super interesting. What's, what would be your second takeaway? So my second takeaway is the work that's been done on teaching and people skills fundamentals. And there's two cross discipline groups that have really dived into teaching skills and people skills. And we presented this at InterSki, the teaching skills fundamentals and the people skills fundamentals, and really this concept of pulling those two apart and not, not because they're separate, because when you're teaching, you're using good people skills, or when you are connecting with your guests, you're using a lot of the skills that you use in the teaching world, but you're also connecting with a guest and using those people skills. So a lot of times they're intertwined, but as an organization, we've made that choice to pull them apart for the purpose of, of evaluation and development. And I think it's something unique that our organization has done. When you look at other educational organizations, they're not splitting those concepts out. And for us, it gives us a better opportunity to look at a deep dive on what are the actual teaching skills that make someone a good instructor and what are the actual people skills that make someone a good instructor and how can we develop people in both of those columns. And it's at a point where it's actually presentable and we can talk to some of those points on the fundamentals. And I I think the next couple of years are going to be pretty cool for seeing how that rolls out into assessment and into development tools for trainers to use with instructors. You just said something about it's finally getting to the point where it's 
we can talk about is creating space to talk about a lot of these things. It's really hard to talk about people skills. Like that's one of the things that's really difficult. And we don't, we've always kind of had this thought of, well, you can't teach people skills, can you? And there's a whole science out there dedicated to developing people skills, what that looks like. And I think you're absolutely right that it's going to be really cool. I think it's a little scary. And I think it's going to be scary for our membership. Like people are going to be nervous going into an exam thinking I'm going to be scored on my people skills. Like, what does that mean? I think, I think that's going to be a difficult hurdle to cross. And, you know, and, and even going as far as, so we're not talking about personalities. We're talking about behaviors mm -hmm. in the people skills realm. And I think that's a really important distinction. You can have certain personality traits, but have learned behaviors to have good people skills. I'm a more introverted person when I get tired and I have learned how to manage my own interpersonal world to have at least okay people skills, even when I'm tired. And, yep. and that's right. So there's behaviors that you can learn regardless of your personality type. And I think the amount of work that's been done to pull out some of these traits that are able to be evaluated, that's pretty key. Think about the number of people you know who may have failed their teach or even their technical side because yeah. of people skills. And we've never had the lens through which to give people feedback in the people skills area. And I think this gives a much better development framework for instructors where we can actually start to talk about people skills because we didn't have that lens to talk through before. You're totally right. And if anyone here is listening hasn't heard of these three pieces, the people skills, the, the teaching skills, and the technical skills that we're dividing all of our content into, please go on to thesnowpros.org. All this information is available to you about where we're at and progress with all these things. We do have people skills fundamentals. My number one, I'm going to jump in here, is that people skills are important. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we can continue the conversation because I think a lot of what we say is really relevant. But my number one is the importance of people skills. But it's going to be difficult to make a change in what we do to be able to evaluate it. Or, or I don't even say, I guess I don't even mean make a change in what we do. I guess I mean change the lenses we look through to evaluate on. And you talked about, you're like, hey, I'm an introvert and I've had to learn how to be a good people person when, when I'm tired. It's not about personality, it's about behavior, right? And I don't expect someone who, when I walk in the locker room a level three, be like, oh man, I'm really not feeling it today because there's days when I don't feel it. I don't expect them to all of a sudden just have people skills where they can turn themselves around and change their personality to be super bubbly and happy. But what I do expect them to do is still go out on that day when they're not feeling it and deliver a really good product. You know? And at the end of the day, if I ask them, hey, how are you going to go? You know what? I'm still not really feeling it. That's fine. But I bet they have the people skills to deliver a really good product. Yeah. And those fundamentals, the people skills fundamentals, I love what that team did in terms of creating easy to remember pieces of it. And I can't recite the four people skills fundamentals word for word, but I can remember that it's about relationships built on trust, that it's about communication. It's about knowledge of self, kind of the me zone, and it's about knowledge of others and the you zone. And so kind of being able to know to create relationships that are built on trust is huge if you want to have people skills. Being able to communicate, massive if you want to have good people skills. Knowledge and management of yourself, right? There's, I can't control your emotions or what you do with them, but I can control my emotions and what I do with them. And then I can recognize and know what your emotions are 
and maybe I can try to affect them, but at least I can recognize and, and see them. And so that kind of trust, communicate me and you as simple shorthand covers a lot of what goes on uh, in the in the people skills world. And, and I would agree it's it's vitally important and is going to be the framework of what takes organization to the next level. I'm excited. I'm really excited for it. I think we have lots of uncharted territory, but I'm very, very excited. What would be your number one, Chris? So my number one takeaway from these last three weeks is the value of cross-discipline communication and, and work. This kind of ties back to the teaching and people groups again, but we end up siloed way too often. And what we do is exactly the same. Our lateral movements are a skier's longitudinal movements, right? If I flex my ankles and I move over the toe edge of the snowboard, that's a movement in the center mass towards the tip of the skis. A skier's foot-to-foot movement is our longitudinal movement along the snowboard. The, the body mechanics and, and what we do on the equipment is exactly the same. We're just turned 90 degrees. And we've stuck in these little silos. And I think what the teaching and people groups have done is bridge snowboard, alpine, adaptive, cross-country, freestyle, and, and really looked at what are the commonalities. And as we've done that, we've seen the strength in that cross-discipline work and, and even the move from the team that we were hired onto to now really looking at it as one team of 30 inspirational educators across the country. And, and that speaks to the value and the need for breaking down these silos. You work heavily with the teaching skills group, don't you? Like you've, you've been involved in that. You presented that at Interski. Uh, I've only recently gotten involved with the people skills group and started to become one of the contributors to that group and where that's going to go for our process in the country and what that's going to look like. But I totally get it. Working with people from other disciplines is some of the best, some of the best things, you know, like what we do is so non-discipline specific. It's, it's people teaching people, you know, like the technical pieces, biomechanically is the same. The tool is a little bit different. I feel like, man, sometimes I want to go back and slap myself when I was younger and be like, why didn't you reach out to some people from some other disciplines to learn some stuff? And now that I have the opportunity to do that, it feels like, man, why didn't I do this before? So I agree with that fully. There were a couple of moments during both team training and fall conference this year where, where we did reach out to some of our Alpine friends and say, hey, could you come explain this concept to us? And I could have seen us even four years ago just talking in circles about those concepts. And instead, we brought in some subject matter experts uh, from the ski side, and they helped to explain those concepts to us a little bit better and helped us get a better understanding. And and man, it was the shortcut to to understanding for us. And and it was really helpful to bring them in and, and get that information instead of just arguing circles for the day. Yeah, absolutely. Totally agree. Um, that brings us to our personal development takeaways for this week, which I think we'll try to keep keep short, direct to the point. But just this is a couple things that me and Chris, through reflection, through introspection, through feedback, we just are something we're going to work on or continue to work on as we go. I'm happy to, to jump in with mine which is I, I got some feedback. I asked for some feedback after I lead a group. A lot of times I'll ask if you guys have any feedback for me. Please, please give some to me. And in the group that I led at RM Ed Staff Training was one of the guys who led my first trainer's training clinics and kind of opened up my eyes to what a trainer was. And it was this really kind of surreal moment where I was leading an Ed Staff Training with him in it. And I asked for feedback and he was more than happy to oblige. And he said... I want you to think about something that's called paraphrase plus. And he said, what this is, 
is it'll help you with active listening, staying more engaged with your group, and keeping your group more engaged with you, which is he noticed that I have a tendency after I ask a question, if someone answers it uh, and I like their answer, I will just go, yep, that's sick, nice. And what you have with Paraphrase Plus is you have this, whatever someone says, paraphrase what they just said back to them to show that you understand what they said. And then you have three options. One is to either confirm or validate what they said. Two is to redirect what they said because it doesn't quite match where you're going or what you want them to be, to be taking on. Or three is ask another question. And I have this tendency to ask a question and then while someone else is talking, I'm not actually listening to them. I'm thinking about the next question I wanna ask. But if you have to paraphrase what the person is saying, you're forced <laughs> to listen to them and it keeps you much more engaged with what they're saying and then think about forming your response in one of those three. It is something that I currently am like, that's a great thing I need to focus on. That's really cool, Nick. I, what I hear you saying is that you, <laughs> you, you're going to work on active listening yeah. and, and then paraphrasing what someone says, kind of saying it back to them and that yep. you have a tendency to just jump right <laughs> yes. in with whatever you heard. Wow. Yes. Yeah. 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 I, I can see yeah. that. I can see that. And I, I would like to confirm what you, <laughs> yep. what you yep. just said. That's yeah, totally. Thank you, Chris. Yeah. Thank you. I feel so validated now after you saying that. So I really yeah. appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. That actually came, comes from a guy named Jason Shetrump. He was the lead author on the latest technical manual for our organization. So what do we have? And just a big, a big, um, inspiration to me he's just done a lot in the industry and was one of the first guys to open up my eyes to what being a trainer really is so that's really cool that's a it's a really useful tool on the facilitators toolbox and that'll be fun to see you play with <laughs> yeah i'm gonna continue so what what what's yours chris this year i've chosen to stretch myself and last spring applied for both children's ed staff and freestyle ed staff and was selected to both of those and that means i have a number of events to audit and learn from and be under pressure to present and just got out of the last two days of children's ed staff training where, I mean, it's, it's humbling. There are people that have a better grasp of models and of book knowledge than I do. And I, I think the roles that I have been in, I rely on that experience and my ability to create an experiential learning, at least on the high end book knowledge side of it. And getting into some, especially on the children's side, some of the models and the theory and the research, and it's a lot of cognitive, it's a lot of material where there's a lot of opportunity to get it wrong or to mix up two models. And, and for me, it's just been a big eye opener on being the FNG in the group and having a lot to soak up and learn and to look to people who have more experience. And it's really refreshing to feel like I'm in a place where there's a lot to learn and we talk about it for the beginner experience all the time. Anytime you can go put yourself out on equipment that you're not used to and be a beginner, it's going to help you empathize with your student. And similarly in this realm, it really helps me empathize with a lot of our new examiners who, who are under pressure, who are feeling that exam nerve of presenting to a group for the first time. I'm not as confident speaking to a group about Kohlberg's as I am talking about cert one standards or cert two standards. And so it's just, it's just, uh, it's a good humbling start at square one for me for both freestyle and kids this year. I know there's a lot I don't know. And, and being in that square is, I think, I think a really good place to be. I know some of what I don't know, and I don't know a lot of what I don't know. 
yeah, it feels good to be a beginner a little bit. Not that you're necessarily a beginner, but it feels good to be pushed, doesn't it? Yeah. It really does. Like that's that's so cool that you say that and it's so exciting. I think that's something that so many people it's it's hard to stay challenging yourself. So I commend you on continuing to challenge yourself, Chris. Well done. Yeah, thanks, Nick. Great job. Yeah. Anything anything else before we close this episode out? No, this is going to be our longest episode in a while. and Yes, it is. We don't really have a next episode title yet. Nope. We wanted to try to keep things somewhat fluid. We still have certain emails, messages coming in from you guys about what's most relevant to you. Please keep those up. Learned from snowboarding at gmail.com is a great way to reach us. So stay tuned for next week's episode. We are back on our weekly schedule now. So please shoot us any messages with any questions, comments, or concerns. And until next time, we'll see you then. See you next week. Chat with us on Facebook, too. That's always another great option. Yes. Awesome. All I Really Need to Know I Learned from Snowboarding is a podcast by me, Nick Alfieri. And me, Chris Rogers. If you have thoughts on this week's episode, we'd love to hear from you. You can continue the conversation with us and other listeners on our Facebook page. You can also email us questions, comments, or topics you'd like us to discuss at our email address, learnedfromsnowboarding at gmail.com. If you're enjoying our podcast, please subscribe, write a review, and help others find our show. Thanks for listening.